You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 780 of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is a Tuesday evening, and we are going to throw a bit of a curveball here. I've been threatening to do this for quite some time now, but we're going to go away from the Hawks, away from the draft, and talk about the upcoming NBA bubble, provided that actually happens. And uh, joining me to discuss all of that as, as NBA teams are arriving in Orlando, Robbie Callen is here. Hello, sir. Hello. I'm here. There's Sports. maybe basketball on the horizon. Maybe, yeah. We uh, we cover that. Uh, I just wrote about uh, some of the name. Uh, I guess not not the, the social justice messages. The jersey, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, but things are happening. Teams are arriving. There's uh, all kinds of discussion. There's more players uh, both opting out and also just basically just being ruled out for COVID-related mm-hmm. reasons, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, we're about – three weeks from games uh even less than that from scrimmages which might be televised we don't know if they're gonna be televised but uh teams are getting there today i know orlando drove over uh in a bus there was coverage of that and uh, live wall-to-wall helicopter <laughs> brooklyn <laughs> brooklyn flew in uh with, washington with a, quarter, flew with in. a quarter of their team yeah in fact we're, we're gonna start there uh i hesitate to even call it a race but there's the race for the eight seed oh in the eastern conference which is uh just at least two of the three teams are decimated by opt-outs and COVID and other injuries. Let's start there because it's a fun-ish topic. Um, and then we'll sort of go through the entire East all the way to the top in Milwaukee, et cetera, et cetera, on this podcast. But, um, yeah, so basically it's a three-team race for the eight seed. Two teams make it, and uh, there's, there's the potential for a play-in uh, I'm not even sure. I'm, how do you even describe it? It's not a playing game. It's not a playing. T- it's a, it's this two, this two game mini tournament. If it exists, I, I don't know. Yeah, the lower seed has to win twice, and they have to be within four games to trigger it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit easier than you might think. But um, right. right now, the Nets are the seven seed. They have a six game lead on the Wizards, and the Wizards are in the bubble for some reason. Um, and the Magic have a five and a half game lead on the Wizards, so that might seem insurmountable with the eight games that they're going to play. But uh, as as I just said, a to four game in, yeah. a four game lead makes it uh, more tenable. Now, on the one hand, I was actually we discussed this earlier in the process, and I was going to argue that the Wizards actually were pretty good value because you know the Nets even before their recent uh, losses were already without Katie and Kyrie, et cetera, et cetera. And Washington at one point, we assumed they were going to have their team. Uh, now that is not the case anymore. And Orlando is now an overwhelming favorite to be the seven C, which is kind of funny. Um, mm-hmm. so <laughs> the wizards don't have Bradley Beal as of this week and Davis mm-hmm. Bertans. So their two best players are not going to be there. Correct. The, the nets, uh, don't have, <laughs> Durant and Kyrie already. Mm-hmm. Now they're without Spencer Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, old friend, Hawks legend, and DeAndre Jordan. So that's mm-hmm. three guys. Who and they were already down Nick Claxton. Yes. So Dinwiddie, Prince, and DeAndre. And Wilson Chandler's out. And Wilson yes. Chandler's out. That's a good. That's a good point. So 
those basically even if you said that Claxton was like on on the fringe of their rotation, they they sure. they're losing four rotation players plus Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Uh, they That's do cr- have some other players. They have Karis LeVert. Michi- they have Michigan Joe Harris. Yeah, they have Joe Harris. They have Jared Allen. But the depth is uh, going to be a challenge. They have, they, they have fellow uh, fellow Hawks alum Justin Anderson, your favorite. Uh, I love Justin Anderson your unconditionally. He kind of has to like Geely Kiro this year. Oh, he's gonna. I mean, he's gonna play a bunch because like Torian Prince and Wilson Chandler. That was the like. That was the forward rotation, you know, yeah. like that. That's a lot of minutes that you're replacing there. Cause like Chandler had come back. Chandler was one of the guys that had the 25 game suspension or whatever early in the season. And um, yeah, but when he came back, he was playing 15 minutes a night or something like that, I think. And Prince was starting average 12 and six. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, it's it's kind it's of gonna, it's kind it's of gonna gonna be really weird. I mean that that yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like analyzing basketball and like three guys are sitting out because they've tested positive for this virus is weird. Um, but I mean, we're going forward with this thing, and I, I, I it's it's gonna be fascinating to see how it pans out. I mean. It's gonna be this this upcoming testing period and isolation period. It's gonna be uh, very interesting for the Nets because um, in the MLS side, they had an entire team have to pull out of the tournament. Uh, FC Dallas because I think ten players tested positive and a coach. Yep. And initially there had been like three positive tests that got left at home and then they flew in, uh, but. Dinwiddie, when he made the announcement, had had noted that he had been at the facility doing stuff between a negative test and a positive test. Um, so he was doing team activities, and we don't know, you know, you don't know kind of where it started. You don't know if it was Dinwiddie. You don't know if it was somebody else because of the, the way the testing lags. But if it... Ha- if the spread has happened within the facility, it's not out of the realm of possibility that there's going to be more positive tests for the Nets once inside the bubble that are still carrying over from previously, as sometimes it takes five to eight to, to more days for this thing to, to show up. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Nets just have to say, well, we can't play. I, I mean, the, the numbers how they are right now. I mean, they. I don't want to say I, I'm not. I'm not sure what the line is for them to just say, "Look, we're not going to do this." But they essentially don't have their basketball team. They have right. three or four guys who really are real players for them that have been playing for them all season long, mm-hmm. and they're talking about guys like Tyler Johnson and Chris Chioza and TLC, Justin, Justin Anderson, and Justin Anderson. I know Garrett Temple is there. Like they they have guys that have been on their roster, but in terms of sure. you know, this is not a playoff basketball team that we're looking at. Um, no, it's going like to amal- be kind of like an amalgamation of, you know, let's say we're resting guys, and then also like a summer league squad. Like it's it's really strange what what they have going on, and um, as it stands now, it seems like they're the team that'll be that is impacted the most by all of this and that that is dealing with 
um, the virus most. And, and this is a team that had, what, four positive tests, including KD. Um, yeah, KD early started, on. But yeah. When this thing started. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it, th- this next week as teams get to Orlando and they do the, I think it's 48 hours and they have to have two negative tests each before they're allowed on the court, which is good because we, we've seen these false positive, false negative things, uh, as the testing is still not, not a hundred percent at this time. So the, the two negatives back to back is, is important, um, for the league, but I mean, this is, it seems like the nets have the biggest hurdles to clear. And, 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 you know, if you, if you're talking about purely from a basketball side, like you said, like this is going to be a team that's never played together. Not even like, close. Coming I mean... together. This is going to look like preseason basketball. You know, this is a team that's not played together. Non roster guys that have come in playing serious minutes. I mean, like you said, like these are like Justin Anderson, Chris Chioza. Um, these guys are going to come in Tyler, Tyler Johnson. These guys are going to have to come in and, and play legitimate, like 15, 20 minutes a game minimum. Um, yes. And, and I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. Not, I feel again, you said it, but it feels weird to talk about this, but we I mean, it's just what we're, what we're going to do, but Brooklyn, you know, is somehow still a considerable favorite to make the playoffs because of where they are and because of Washington also being without guys. I mean, we could talk about the Nets forever, but the Wizards are yeah. as the Wizards are not as are are not as uh, shorthanded as the Nets. But sure. you take out their two best players like pretty definitively, mm-hmm. and then you get into a roster that also does not resemble a playoff roster. Granted, the Wizards still have more NBA players, like more guys who they've been using all season long, but sure. that's a small bar to clear. Like you're talking about uh, Ishmith. Rui. Is, Ishmith and Ishmith's Rui. Ishmith's the best player, Thomas Bryant. Ishmith, Rui, Thomas Bryant, Troy Brown, and my boy Mo Wagner. Um, that's yeah. like their best five right now. That's, your, that's, that's, that's what you're, I mean, here's the thing, you know, it's going to be interesting. I mean, these two teams play the second game, uh, August 2nd, Wizards, Nets, 11 I mean, if, a.m. If the, if the Wizards have 11 a.m., my goodness. 11 a.m. Pacific, Pacific sorry. I was going to say, uh, wow, I, I missed the 11 a.m. Still start two, time. Still 2 p.m. tip. Like, yeah, they're going to be some early, I mean, it's kind of the other factor here, in addition to the not at all funny reality that maybe the Nets yeah. just can't field a team and sure. all of the actual, you know, dire situations that we're in uh, with COVID-19. Um, there's a potential also, I feel like, at least in my brain, if I'm if I'm the Wizards or if we, we'll get to this uh, when we talk about the West at some point. But if I'm the Wizards or if I'm the Suns and I start out like 0-3, w- what are we doing here? You know, like... They they yeah. kind of have they kind of have to go like realistically have to go well, like five and three to have any chance or better. Yeah, I mean like it, at the same time, I mean like it, if you're the like, are you changing the rotation at all? Well, no, I just mean like, I mean like, the, why don't we just go home? <laughs> I know that's well, not really going to yeah, happen. I mean, but I think I think anybody that thinks that is already thinking that. Well, yeah, right. I mean, the cool. only the only scenario. I mean, that's more of a Suns problem now that Beal's not. Play- if Beal had been playing, he would right. have been the obvious. Let's just like, make, shut let's just down. have yeah. Bradley stop playing. No, I'm I'm um, with you. The Suns that, have that question with Booker. Correct. And 
honestly eight and two. Oh yeah, a- anyone who's a top tier player. I mean, same thing. It's it's honestly the same thing if you're talking about teams like Portland. If Portland got off to a bad start, and they're obviously in, in more in a more interesting position in terms of making the actual playing game on the West. But if they got if they got off to like a one and four, one and five start, like what is Dan going to play the rest of the the rest of the time for? Like right. nothing. Um, right. That's just more of a sidebar. But uh, sure. we have these we have these two teams that are by far the most decimated by absences, and they're competing at the same time. And suddenly, the thoroughly uninspiring Orlando Magic are in the driver's seat to be uh, to avoid the Bucks. <laughs> get, get ready, get get ready for Raptors Magic too. That's probably going to happen because Toronto the series, the series that just the people are clamoring for. Absolutely, I mean Toronto is uh, not locked in at two, but very likely to stay there. Um, also, like, I mean, what are the like setting aside? Like, let's say the Nets make it, they just hang on because the Wizards they are, aren't winning. They are games still fa- the Nets are still again solidly oh, yeah, they're, favored they're solidly to make favored. it. Let's say they make it. Like, what are the spreads going to be in a Bucks net series? This is not hyperbole. This is not hyperbole at all to say. 20? In my mind, if if the Bucks are still Playing. at full strength and trying, that is the most lopsided playoff series perhaps in the history of the NBA. I would agree, because the Nets are not the Nets as they're close. constructed at that point in time are not a playoff even no. near playoff caliber team. No, like, that's not even a, close. That's a like you're talking, you know. There wasn't there a you're, uh, you're, talking, there, you're talking like early 2000s Hawks stuff. Wasn't there a Warriors Grizzlies playoff series where the Grizzlies had just completely fallen apart, but they backed into the playoffs? Am I making that up? That might have happened. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Like, wasn't oh maybe that was just a late maybe that was maybe that was just a late regular season game where the Warriors needed it in the 73 win season to beat the mm. Grizzlies. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like anything comparable to I, I this. Because I, think, I mean, I don't think there's anything. Cause like, the, it's not this like, Nets roster is like a, you're, 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 you're a summer league roster, right? Your comparison to the, uh, the early 2000s Hawks is probably a good one. If you just had this Nets roster, um, and started and played, a whole se- and played a whole season, like, yeah, they have, they have three guys, in mm-hmm. Karis and Joe Harris Joe and Jared, Jared Allen, who are real NBA starter level, starter high yeah. rotation players, Caliber. and that is it. They have nothing else. I mean, no. Garrett Temple, I like, but that's it. Sure, um, that, it would just be that that going against the Bucks, who spoiler as we talk about them in this podcast, one of the best teams in NBA history. Possibly. The Bucks are, you know, by the numbers, the Bucks are, you know, head and shoulders the best team in the league this year. Um, yeah. So you you compare that with the worst team maybe ever to make the playoffs as constructed mm-hmm. right now, that's a a mismatch. Let's just say. Yes, yeah, not gonna not gonna be pretty. Even on home court, <laughs> even on, even on a much more neutral floors, you're right. The the spreads will be twenty, uh, maybe more. I don't know. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I mean, there's nothing really to pick. I will say we were talking about this uh, online yeah. and off. There's uh there's this Westgate put up and I'm not sure it's still up because of the Torian Prince news but if it still exists Westgate put up a 40 to one number on the Wizards to be to and the Wizards to be the eight seed which means you need the Wizards to get into the play in and then also win back to back games probably yeah. against the Nets in the play in. Now the hardest part of that is getting in the playoff play in game. Yes. 
the hardest part of that getting in the playing game and like if it's still at 40 to one hell if it's still like if they even had it 20 to one 15 like i wouldn't mind it i'm considering you're still i i'm betting a non-insignificant amount yeah you're still it's still uh because of the deficit that they have in the standings you know both teams could just go six games behind the whiz um, I mean, that's six they are six, six behind the Nets. So yes, essentially they have to beat the Nets by two games over an eight-game sample, which doesn't sound that hard. But then you realize that these teams are both going to be an underdog in every single game they play, except for the one they play each other. So, I mean, realistically, that means the Wizards probably have to go four and four. Maybe. The Nets are not, not, not going to go better than... Two and six. No, if the Nets, if the net, if they win that Nets game, right, that's the one. That's like that's the Nets winnable game, right? I mean, anything could happen. You you could run into a team resting guys at the end or whatever. Yeah. Like it's still neutral floor, and we don't know a whole lot about this how this is going to go. But realistically, I cannot see a scenario where the where the Nets win more than two games out of eight, and that's being generous yeah. potentially. Um, yeah. But but can the Wizards actually go three and five? Can they go four and four? I'm gonna say that's not likely. Probably but not. But I mean, the like, Wizards also like again have more players. They have more NBA guys. They might just be able to get hot and do something weird on a neutral floor in an empty gym. Like it's not out of the run. Again, we're talking about a forty to one underdog here. That's not a small thing. Because honestly, even 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 if the Wizards had to beat the had to beat the Nets in two games. In a row. I mean, the Wizards are favorite of the Nets right now, right? Am I crazy? Uh, ooh. Yeah, probably slight. Yeah. I, I think, think as long as they have everybody that we know that they have right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it'd be better. close. I mean, the, yeah. sorry, the Wizards are better. Yeah, I agree. So, if you get them into the play-in, it gets really interesting. But, uh, yeah, 40 to 1 is pretty good. I wouldn't go much lower than, like, 25 to 1 before I would stop. I'd say 20. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, if you want to just have something to root for, because the seeding games might be kind of boring. Um, we'll, we'll all love basketball being back. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want some action in those first couple weeks, that is something to maybe have some fun with. Um, that's just being charitable. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts on the race for the eight seed before we uh, transition and get into some stuff that matters a lot more? No. No, I, it's I, it's going to be, like I said, like the magical jump up, and it's going to be just a quite literally a war of attrition between these yes. two teams getting in. Okay. I mean, it, it's, um, it's it's just it, it is. I mean, like, and this is this goes for pretty much everything happening in the world. But this is genuinely the weirdest thing I've ever seen in the NBA. Strangest oh, yeah. situation like for anything and that's not exactly groundbreaking news but it's just it's it's so bizarre and yeah um i'm with you Uh, and by the way the magic uh are without jonathan isaac probably that's not official but Uh, i think that i think it's i think it was made official today okay i missed that if it happened but yeah there you go i think it was made pretty official today by clifford or somebody a gm not not a surprise, but uh, he is one of their best players, and he's not playing. Anymore. Maybe it was the first. Maybe they said they're treating him like he's not going to play. Like I think he's, he's gonna not going to play. But. They said he's going to be with the team for like 
workouts and stuff, but like not. I will not. say this: they, they should not. They should not play Jonathan. Isaac. No, good uh, God. And, no. I, and I like him. I like him a lot. Um, but even even without him, um, amusingly, they are still a lot better than the other two teams. So, oh, yeah. go Magic. Um, okay, Robbie. Before we get to the uh, stuff that actually matters a lot more in terms of just the basketball stuff, a word from our sponsor on today's podcast, and that is the good folks at RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the car truck parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait forever while the counterperson orders the parts on his or her computer, only choosing the brand that the warehouse happens to carry? Instead, you have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket, and it's a much, much better option. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, rockauto.com is everything you need in just a few easy clicks. Delivered directly to your door. Chain stores have different price tiers for pro mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but at rockauto.com, prices are the same for everybody, and they're always the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the actual market will bear. The rockauto.com catalog is also very easy to navigate because you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specs, and the prices that you prefer. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. And best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. So why in the world would you spend twice as much for all of the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car and truck. And then from there, you want to write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. All right, we're back. And uh, let's go to the top really fast here. Uh, I want to start with the Bucks are, as we mentioned before, the best team in, in the whole league, much less the East this year. Uh, and right now on Bet Online. They are yep. minus 160 favorites to win the Eastern Conference, which by yep. implied odds, if you don't understand betting odds, that means that it is implied the Bucks would win the East 61.5% of the time. Yep. Robbie, do they win the East more often or less often than that percentage would imply? I, I, think, I think more. I um, also think more. And I, I say that namely because... Um. Yeah, I, I would I would say more. I would say I would say it's it's like closer to seventy percent. I I agree. So basically, what that means is that if you can value, if you, if you like to wager, that probably is a good value based on what we think. Now, mm-hmm. uh, they are so very obviously the betting favorite uh, to the point where the next best team in the odds. Again, I bet online is the Celtics at plus seven hundred, so they're seven to one. Um, the Bucks are favored, like they have a minus next to their team name. That doesn't happen in these kind of odds. Very it often. does not, uh, especially when the next best team is plus seven hundred. Um, right. The the Sixers and the Raptors are plus seven fifty. The Heat are plus eight hundred, and the Pacers without Victor Oladipo are uh, down to forty to one. That's uh, yeah, a long shot. Yeah. Out of here. I'm, not even going to discuss the other three teams that we already talked about and what their numbers are because it's just not it's not worth it. Um, so the Bucks are effectively locked in the number one seed unless right. they just lose every game somehow. Uh, the Raptors are very likely to stay number two, and Boston has a two and a half game lead for number three. So the seeding games, the really the drama is between at least for me is between the Pacers and the Sixers. I don't and, think there's any drama there. And I was about to say, I don't really think that there is. I, I mean, think, Philly, I there. 
Philly's been maddening this year, but without Oladipo, Philly should be better than the Indiana over eight games. Yeah, the, the, only, the only seeding things that I the only seeding thing, honestly, that I think is intriguing is um could the Heat and again this would take a lot, like is is if the Heat two and a half games behind the Celtics can can catch up for that third seed. Because the third seed now means so much more than it did before the Oladipo news. Um because yeah. if you're the you're the four seed. You're facing the Sixers. Now, like if that's you're the four a, that, seed, and that's a tough seed, series, obviously. And Ben Simmons is healthy now. Um, I, I I did the the Action Network pod with with Matt Moore, and I was like, look, like if you're talking about stock to buy, and this was before the old Depot news, I, I would like Sixers were plus nine hundred, um, and I I was like that and then the Heat, like you can talk me into. Um, well, especially. Because, like, Talking about teams that can beat the Bucks, I think those two have the best shot. I, I, I think, you know, the the Raptors might do some weird stuff. You know, they're they can they're they're so tight that that maybe. But if you're talking about the teams that I think play the style that you can you could maybe see taking down the Bucks, it's it's the Sixers with what they can do, throwing length at you all day. It's the Heat because they they might just shoot the hell out of the ball. Yeah, I'm I'm lower on the Heat in general, but I, I'm with you that there's some value I, on oh, their I numbers. Agree. I just I just think they're the type of team that like the Bucks exist in this, you know, Giannis exists in this LeBron realm for me, where I think like if you're gonna beat this team, you've got to play five near perfect games because he's just gonna win one where you play really well, like LeBron always does, where like you feel like man, I. I we couldn't have played much better and then we lost. Like, so it goes like LeBron just has one of those games where like, he's going to will against a lesser opponent. He's just going to will the rest of the team to a win, even when they play above their heads. So you just have to play so well, the heat, it would have to be just everybody catches fire for a series. Uh, Because as we, as we know, bud, bud will give up the threes. So they will let you shoot threes. Now they're going to try not to let Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero shoot the threes, um, and they'll try to make the threes come to Jimmy Butler and, and guys that shoot closer to 35 36%. But they're going to give you those shots to protect the pain and to take uh, Bam out of Bayo out of it. So they're the type of team that if, ever, if the right guys get hot, if Kelly Olenek gets hot, Jimmy Butler's making his threes that series, um, Duncan Robinson gets loose a couple of times. They're a team that that can scare the Bucks, but I'm with you. I I just I don't think it's sustainable uh, to get a to get a win in a seven game series. And the, and the Sixers, look, we've seen them go up against the Bucks twice and not not win. You know, like we've seen them just the Bucks. You know, Giannis and them just wear them down. This is not, uh, this is when, not an original thought, but playing what? really well. But they're the type of team because of what Embiid can do defensively with Giannis that makes me say like maybe they're worth the sprinkle. Right. This is not original thought, but Philly is the team that everyone that does what we do in covering the league is both baffled and intrigued by for obvious reasons. Like they were supposed to be this defensive powerhouse this year and they were still good, but they were not as good as they were supposed to be. Um, Granted, they actually were as good as they were supposed to be when everyone played. 
Sure. Um, but at, on the flip side of that, when they played oh, Al Horford um, at the four, they couldn't score. Um, so here's here's the here's kind of the sneaky interesting like you know we we all talk about the Ben Simmons injury, but there were whispers kind of all year that Al was dealing with a little Achilles something and just kind of playing through it. I I believe I would believe that based on uh, His, what we saw from Al. Yeah. Um, so, and granted, you know, you and I were have been on this on this forever that Al, especially now in his 30s, Al is a center, um, oh, yeah. and they're asking him to play the four a lot. And granted, they're they're still staggering them as they should, but you know, you're you're asking Al Horford to play power forward on a team that has that also has Ben Simmons. So, like, you, you can see why the offense has not worked all that well. Um, yeah. when they all play together. But it would be fair to say that Al has not been quite himself even in a vacuum. So there, there are whispers that he was dealing with stuff, uh, like just not healthy, not moving quite right. So while while Simmons getting back and Simmons being healthy is huge, if if Al is right, if this time off has gotten whatever back to where it needs to be, that could be really sneaky important. And, and look, when we were talking about the East this year, we talked about two teams, we talked about the Bucks and we talked about the Sixers. Yep. You know, we, we thought the Celtics were a piece away, you know, especially losing Al and wondering, do they have the front court defense to do it? And they've been spectacular defensively this year, but you wonder like in the playoffs, will they have enough there having to play Cantor, having to play these guys that, um, not super proven defensively down there um, against teams like the Sixers, teams like the Raptors, teams like uh, the Bucks, especially. And then the Raptors have just continued to be who they are. Um, I mean, Philly just has the kind of physical size that, you know, Milwaukee's huge and Philly is also huge. And I mean, that's, that's very simplistic, but, one of the questions I wanted to bring up, one of the things I wanted to bring up on the podcast is that there are these two teams in the East that have the ridiculous home road splits, and it's Miami and it's Miami, Philly. Really? Yeah. So, what do we make of that? I mean, I have no clue. Is the is the short answer? But like, yeah, no, you're I'm playing you. a bunch of neutral neutral site games, and you have these two teams in the entire league this year. They were the two biggest outliers from home, for home versus road. And now they're playing in a neutral, and I just don't know what to do. Like, how much stock do you put in? I mean, for reference, Philly was twenty nine and two at home, and ten, 10 and twenty four on the road. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. But so, what is that? I'm inclined to say that you know maybe a neutral side is like closer to road, but I don't think that they're going to suddenly be as bad as they were on the road in the yeah. in the bubble if they're at full strength. So. I don't know. I think Philly is the team that everyone kind of knows is dangerous, but also doesn't trust. So, but it's easier to bet on them if you're getting, you know, plus 750. uh, When the only team that like terrifies you is Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And that's the team that terrifies everybody. And you assume that you'll get them in round two. Maybe Milwaukee's not fully there yet or what's going on. I mean, I still think the Bucks are the side. The whole, I mean, my favorite bet of the bunch is still Milwaukee, which is crazy. Like, I don't like favorites, but Milwaukee, I still, if you maybe bet on one team at their current odds, I would bet on the Bucks. Um, that's not fun. That's not like a fun answer, but I think the no. Bucks are by far the best team. And since we, at the moment, we have to assume that they're healthy, 
I don't know. I just don't. I I can see Philly bothering them. You know, Boston. I, I, if Jason Tatum, if the guy shows up for, that was there in February and March shows up, they can beat anybody because he was absurd. Um, and, and look, the the, uh, the Raptors are going to be a tough out because they're the Raptors. So they're a tough out. Like well, they you, play they play that short rotation and they're really well coached. Like yeah, no, no one wants to play the Raptors. I mean, and also, and also like I said this on with, with Matt, like this can be ugly basketball, and there's no team that's better at ugly basketball than the Toronto Raptors. I mean, they get they give Milwaukee. Honestly, here's I don't know if it's this is an interesting question. Would Milwaukee have a harder time scoring on Toronto or Philadelphia? Because really good question. Because Milwaukee Milwaukee's defense is the best single unit in the whole league. Yes, like they're incredible. I guess maybe you could maybe you could argue like Dallas's offense is also historic this year, but Milwaukee's defense is I'm I don't worry about at all. But there is a potential that Milwaukee's offense stalls a bit. They weren't I mean they were still really good, you know, top five in the league, but not number one in the league. And both Toronto and Philly have the potential to bother them a little bit. Um, we saw last year we saw Toronto do it, and they're still you know the Raptors are still huge. They still have a lot of defensive cohesion. They have no weaknesses defensively. That's their, that's the big thing about Toronto is that they have nowhere to attack defensively. Right. They never have in this whole run. And Philly, we know. I mean, Philly's if they're playing that five man unit with basically a front court defense of Ben Simmons, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid. Good luck. Like I, right. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you're supposed to score against that. So. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm not sure what the answer what the answer to my own question is, but that'd be what I would be trying to pinpoint is like who do you trust more to stop the Bucks? Because yeah, the Bucks are going to stop everybody. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, is is both of those teams I don't trust in the half court offensively. Correct. <laughs> I think it's. I think the Raptors are like 16th or 17th in the league in half court offense, which is like it's not what you want if you're. They're facing- not scoring on the Bucks. I mean, that's their thing. If you're either Toronto or um, Philly, you're hoping you're playing slugfest because it is very obvious that neither of those teams can score on Milwaukee. Like teams like Boston could maybe score on Milwaukee, but I'm not sure they can stop Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing. Boston and Miami are the two teams that have the best chance of scoring with Milwaukee. They just can't stop them in the same way. But I don't think for 48 minutes that like – the Heat are interesting just because, like, Bam is so unique as a defender that, like, throwing him at Giannis is going to, like, take Giannis a bit to figure out uh, and, and can give him some issues. But, like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, and, and here's the funny thing with Milwaukee. If Eric Bledsoe's good in the playoffs. That's the thing. No one can touch them. Because here, because if, if you look at any of the team, like, Okay, so you're terrified of Giannis, and then your next focus is Chris Milton in the little pick-and-roll stuff. If Eric Bledsoe's good, you're toast. Like, there's just – you. then they have too many options to create. If Eric Bledsoe is the playoff Eric Bledsoe the last two years, then they might lose in the second round again. That's almost what you're, that's almost what you're betting on. If you're betting against the Bucs – You're betting you're, against your yeah, you're kind of betting against Eric Bledsoe. It's not only that because there is more uncertainty this year with everything, but I'm not so sure. I think it. I think it really comes down to that because I feel confident in just about everything else about their roster. 
showing up. Like we've seen two straight seasons. Chris Milson is that dude now. Like he's just that good. Uh, he's a legit second star in this league. He was awesome this year. I mean, Chris Middleton. He's unbelievable. Somehow, I mean, he's he's been underrated the whole time, but this year especially, like if you look at Middleton's numbers, they really were unbelievable. And I know the Bucks had everything go right this year, but Middleton was truly awesome. And he's been great in the playoffs last yep. two years. Like he's carried them at times. Like he was murdering Boston last year. Every uh, shot. Yeah. He and Every. honestly, Middleton is the kind of guy who sneaky profiles as a playoff player because he can get where he needs to go and right. He's got shoot so, mid-rangers and all kinds oh, of Arsenal stuff that you know what I would like I feel like Chris Middleton is kind of like evolutionary Joe Johnson. Oh god. You're speaking my no, language now. Because look, like he's he's he he's kind of he's a sharpshooter. Like came up as a sharpshooter, like Joe when he was in Phoenix, that was his kind of role. Yep. And then we start seeing him get more responsibility as a ball handler. Chris Milton's an elite mid-range shooter. He's one of probably 10, 15 guys in the league that you're like really happy when he pulls up from 15 feet uh, because it's a good shot for him. And I think that's the thing that that people who yell about like analytics hates mid-range jumpers. Like analytics hates when bad shooters take mid-range jumpers because a bad shooter shooting from three or mediocre shooter shooting from three, it's a more valuable shot there. But the guy that hits 50% of his mid-range jumpers, like shoot it. Kawhi, KD, Chris Milton. Like, Milton, by the way, this year shot 54% on long twos. He's nasty. Which is just, and that's, it, that's it, unbelievable. It, now, granted, and no he's one not, sustains that, but still, that's crazy. Well, I mean, like, he shot, I think he was close to 50, 49, 50 last year. I mean, like, that's kind of who he is. And, and this this is kind of where my Joe comp is. It's like, he's not, you would not describe him as, like, quick twitch or explosive athlete or anything like that. No. Like, he's a solid athlete. Everybody in the NBA is a solid athlete. Uh, but he's crafty with his dribble. He's tightened that up a lot. Kind of how Joe did in, in, as he was in Atlanta. Like Joe became just a master with the ball. Ask Paul Pierce. Um, and, and Middleton just kind of just kept, he kept that three point shooting at, at an even higher rate and, and efficiency than Joe and added, kept adding those things. Like he can just, he's such a good ball handler now. He's so dangerous from all three levels of scoring that that that's who I see when I watch him. He's got that little he'll do that little Joe sideways dribble into the lane and shoot that little uh, push shot. He, he's got kind of the same methodical, always under control approach. Uh, and maybe that's why I like Chris Milton so much. I have never really thought this through. I'm kind of talking this out now. This is a li- uh, this, this is this is a live revelation on the this podcast. Is, this is how the brain works, folks. Exclusive uh, Patreon level stuff right here. <laughs> and uh, and and so I I think you know I, he's he's just a special player. But yeah, with with the Bucks, I think so much of this. And I, I wrote this at the beginning of the year. Every everything, you know, it's 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 weird to pin everything on such a good team on one player, and. and Bledsoe can be mediocre on this team and George Hill can pick up some of the slack and, and they can still make the finals if Bledsoe's not great. 
but they're not losing if he's good is the difference like they're vulnerable if he's not because you you have two things you're attacking and you're focused on uh if he's good and he's dynamic and he's getting to the rim getting to the free throw line kicking it out to their shooters and making you think about another guy uh I don't see how any series they play in goes more than five. They're really good. I mean, Milwaukee, like we, like like we both said, like they're they are a justified favorite. You know, they have the best net rating in the league by three and a half points, which is like a massive gap. Um, same thing on defense, like best defense in the league by uh, about three and a half points per, per hundred possessions. Like, yeah, if Bledsoe is the guy he was in the regular season, they're. Uh, yeah, they're justified in terms of being the favorites that they are. In addition to obviously having Giannis and Middleton, and um, even the great—I mean, this another thing about, about this year's Bucks team when compared to other teams that they've had, um, like, like what, like White Dante has been very good this year. Um, White's been good. Pack Naughton's been good. The they, know how, they know they know have Marvin, which was a sneaky awesome ad that they pulled off. Uh, no, I love that. Uh, Robin Lopez has been really good. Brooke Lopez. Uh, not as good as he was a year ago, but still solid, really good defensively, um, not shooting the ball as well, but, but they've got, they've got 11 guys, really. They got like 11, 12 guys, which is, they go so deep. And and honestly, it might, that might be the other thing that, that bites them is, you know, Bud loves a deep bench. Oh, if you don't think Bud's playing Kyle, like Bud's going to play Kyle. Oh my God. And he's like, he's like, he's like their 10th guy. He's going to play. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing that you, you question is like, will, will Bud get, for lack of a better term, too cute with rotations? And, and not play Giannis 38 not, minutes a game. And, and not yeah. tighten it up when he needs to. They can get through the first round playing Giannis 10 minutes a game. They're gonna play they could the not minutes. play Giannis against Orlando, against uh, yeah. the winner of that Wizards Brooklyn uh, series. But yes. I saw some, I saw somebody, uh, somebody flashed like, uh, some TBT thing to like when Lisa Leslie scored like 101 points and a half in high school basketball. And that's going to be Giannis versus the Nets in the first round. He's just, he's going to have his averages by halftime and they'll be like, okay, that's enough. I mean, they literally can, this is the other, this is the other advantage that the Bucks have. And granted, we're all flying blind a little bit on how this is all going to work, but they, they sincerely could just ramp up slow this whole time. And, I mean, this is always the case for the number one seed most of the time. But they they honestly could treat that playoff that playoff series. I'm saying that I'm not mistaken. I'm not misspeaking here. That playoff series as a preseason game, essentially, like that's the yeah. level of threat that they, that they that they do not have in that first round. So they're basically playing the equivalent of you know 12 or 13 seeding games, and with no pressure at all until round two, like zero. Yeah, I think the most interesting I, I honestly I think the biggest challenge that Bud has right now is figuring out how to pace it. Because they have it's it's a luxury, but it's also something where it's like, okay, like it's that weird. second round that second round series is gonna be a big jump in competition. Against a team like, that will it will have just played a real series. I mean right. it's wh- gonna where be would they play? It's gonna be Miami or Philly in that second round, unless Miami does something really weird in Boston just scuffles out of the gate but whatever those three teams they play that's going to be a real test um and i you know like 
it's um it's it's kind of on him to figure out like okay when do i push the buttons i, I think the best way to do it and i gotta look at their schedule um but they play do 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 I mean, part of the problem is they, their their schedule is not exactly shaping out. It's kind of like ramp, maybe try to like pick those spots in the regular season games. They start with the Celtics, so they're starting with a banger. Then they play the Rockets. Then they have a, a Nets game that won't matter. Uh, then they have the Heat. So like maybe that's the game where you say like let's treat this like a real game. Game four, you can kind of be like let's go for this. I would do uh, it later. I w- I would do Dallas because they don't they don't they don't they don't see Dallas again. That's true. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's their next game. I think it's yeah. Their fifth game is Dallas. That might be the one that I use as my dress rehearsal. Like this is this is how we're playing. Uh, and then you got Raptors, Wizards. I mean, it's fun. Like the Bucks probably have the so- I mean the softest schedule of anybody. I mean they they get to play Brooklyn, Washington, and Memphis. Yeah, yeah, it's fairly uh, fairly light. I, I I'm getting I'm and getting Dallas, fooled by uh, might be, that might be kind of locked into where they are. I'm, I'm I'm getting fooled by the verses and everyone's schedule because I'm thinking, oh, Bucks at home. Oh, they're not really at home. Yeah, no. When I look on Google, they still have like home and road designations, and I'm like, ooh, at Dallas, and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> that's not a thing no. that is happening. Um, no. we could we could do this forever. I you know we're on record about Milwaukee uh being better than their odds so that means that we should bet on milwaukee um one more thing on the bucks right now bet online has them plus 300 to win the nba title mm-hmm. and uh every single um model that i've seen has milwaukee as the favorite to win the title um mm-hmm. and yet they're still either second or third in most of the betting odds it's just a lot of respect for lebron and it's a lot of respect for the clippers i, I get that but uh, they're also my favorite title bet. If you can get plus 300 on the team, that I think is the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to take that. Like, I'm not telling you that it's, they're not a lock by any means, but considering how I feel about them in the, in the East, I feel like Milwaukee is a coin flipper, coin flipper, maybe even better than that in the finals. And if you feel that way, they are obviously the right side. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't hate, I mean, here, like, the thing about any wagering on this is accepting the risk that somebody just might disappear from the roster. Yeah, that, thank you for saying that because we should have talked about this. But betting futures in this not is, great, uh, obviously a little no. bit more uh, <laughs> reckless, especially not serious investment. Keep it no, keep it low because here's the thing: it all it takes is one test in the second round for somebody to be out for 10 days. And that's that. Um, well, plus but, I think there's, there's always risk in futures. You get one injury or whatever, but I mean, this is it goes so. without saying this is different. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I still think that I, if I, if you, if you maybe bet on any, any team in the East to win the conference or the title, it would be the bucks, even at their numbers right now. Do you, I mean, I know you mentioned Philly and Miami. I think I like I like Philly's odds more. But even then, like it seems odd to me to endorse Philly at like the same odds as Toronto and similar to Boston when 
Boston and Toronto were just so much better than Philly this year. But I, I do think that Philly matches up better and has a, a bit of a higher ceiling. The only thing being that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm terrified to bet slash pick against Toronto. I don't know why. I just, I, lo- I love the Raptors. We had, we had this, I had this conversation with Matt. It's like, they're the one thing none of us are, nobody, nobody's accounting for them. And they're a terrifying team. They're so good. They're so solid. Like I said, if it's ugly basketball, if guys can't shoot, you know, at a high level, and they're coaching too. I mean, Nick Nick Nurse is elite, man. Like super good. Um, yeah. I, so we'll, they're they're really, they're really solid. I, I don't. I, they might be undervalued too. I don't. I, I think they probably are. But I, uh, the only thing with Toronto is I do I do worry a touch about their offense. If you got into a series with Milwaukee. I just don't know that they can score. I really don't. Like, and that's not a shot at anybody there. I just don't think that they have enough firepower. I know Siakam is really good, but you just you're, I'm assuming you're going to have Giannis guarding Siakam for a lot of that series. Um, mm-hmm. If that were to happen, um, I still love Kyle Lowry. Like, I I like everybody that Toronto has, honestly, in their rotation. I like all those guys, but I'm just not sure they can score against Milwaukee. That's kind of what it comes down to. Unless Matt Thomas becomes like 2015 Kyle Korver. Oh, shout out to Matt Thomas. Shout out to Alex Wong. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. <laughs> well said. Um, so, yeah, my uh, I guess my official prediction right now, and a lot can change, uh, would be, you know, the Bucks. The Bucks, uh, Bucks over uh, Philly in round two, and then. Man, I have no idea who to pick in a Raptors Celtics series. So no here's clue. my other, here's my other concern about whoever faces the Bucks in the conference finals. Like that second round series for the Bucks might be tough, especially if it's Philly. The the Celtics and the Raptors are gonna beat the hell out of each other. That'll be fun in a That's big way. I mean, great series. That might be honestly of any of the series in either conference. I think that series, aside from an L.A. series, might be the most fun to watch or most competitive. I want – I mean, this is the most chalky, chalk answer in the world, but uh, I'll, I'll be that guy for – I'm usually not this guy. Uh, I would li- I would like to watch LeBron and Giannis in the NBA Finals. Oh, that God. Be, that would be I, a lot I, of fun. I don't think – if you don't have an investment in either conference, like if you just – don't or like once your team is like unless you just like absolutely hate those teams um that's the rooting interest for the general public i think like that's because that i mean that's what we want right that's 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 bird magic that's you know well, and especially if you i mean there are we both written and talked about this a lot there are so many pitfalls with, with this bubble and everything going on and in the grand scheme of things basketball is not important but if yeah. you want the, if you want the nba to succeed here uh the best possible thing for the league and the sport would be a all LA Western conference finals followed by Lakers bucks in the finals. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I I mean, I cover the Hawks most of the time, obviously do national stuff with you sometimes, but uh, just from a national NBA perspective, no rooting interest, just what's the best thing for the sport. It's probably, it's probably Giannis against LeBron in the finals. I mean, it's, we never got the Kobe LeBron finals, 
that didn't ever happen. Um, there's obviously been some great series along the way and great matchups, but the passing the torch to, I mean, all, all the narrative, every narrative you can imagine would be in that series. I'd probably hate it by the time it actually got here. Just, sure. just to talk about it. But well, the nice thing is there won't be a lot of lead up to this, you know, it's like, going to go fast. If provided they stay on schedule, it's going to, it's going to yeah, go fast. We're, we're going to be scooting. Let's go with me. I'm excited. Uh, I, t- I think I'm going to take the first day off uh, on the 31st. I think I'm going to take the day off work uh, and just like treat it like March Madness. Just dial it in. Like just yeah, because yeah. We, we didn't we didn't get March Madness this year, and it's like sure. my favorite two day period of the year. So I'm just like, you know what? Fire I'm, gonna take, fr- I'm gonna take Friday off. I'm gonna sit there and watch basketball from like two o'clock on. It's gonna be great. I went at the Red Rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except I'll be I'll be at home in my living room. Don't don't no one yell at me. I'm not going to. Uh, a normal viewing location for that kind of basketball, but uh, yeah, home home viewing, and uh, this is when it's crucial, as you know full well. The multiple TV setup is necessary. Got to have it in the living room. Robbie, uh, unless you have unless you have anything else to add, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, please tell people where they can find your work. I know we are ramping up in a big way. Uh, and hoping for uh, content to keep flowing. By the way, during the podcast, we got some uh, some good reporter news about Derek Jones Jr., who I love. He's going to be playing for Miami, it appears. So that's good. Covered. That's great. Um, yeah, uh, we're we're getting ready over at Dime. Obviously, fingers crossed that this thing is able to to go off without too much of a hitch. And and once everybody's in the proverbial bubble. Um, basketball can happen um yeah so check it out over on dime and uh wear your masks yes please wear your masks uh follow robbie uh, subscribe to the podcast which i'm sure is gonna be a talking golf in the near future or something i don't know iron it up tomorrow there you go uh golf talk uh the golf's been good i've enjoyed the golf good i'm sad that my my large large beefy son is not playing this week but that was an yeah. exhibition. Uh, just to you, if you don't, if you hate golf, it's just turn the, turn the podcast off. Uh, watching Bryson DeChambeau drive the golf ball last last weekend was uh, an out of body experience. It's really something else. Like it's almost so. I like it's it's almost like watching the beginning of the steroid era of baseball. <laughs> like it really is. What a comp. I love that. Like, it's just it. This is this is the summer of '98 for golf. I mean, the it's for me. It's not even. He's obviously enormous at this point, and there's all the talk about the protein shakes and all that stuff. It's the violence of the swing for me. <laughs> he swings like I am doing a fake swing, like on like on the second tee box at Stone Mountain. I'm like doing a comedy swing or I'm going to swing as hard as I possibly can. That's his, that's his every, every swing with a driver. That's how he swings. He has to rotate his left foot. So he doesn't just explode his knee with how hard he's turning. I mean, he, he almost falls down. It's so, it looks like for, for Atlanta fans, you remember the year Andrew Jones decided he wanted to hit 50 home runs and would regularly like spin himself out of the batter's box. And he did. And he did it, Robbie. He did it. Gosh, darn it. Uh, that's, that's Bryson DeChambeau every time he takes a swing with the driver. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, anyway, I wasn't planning to get into the, to the 2005 the golf. Andrew Jones or whatever. That's a great comp for Atlanta. Yeah. But yeah, the golf's been good. Follow the podcast. I know it's a football, a football podcast, uh, ostensibly, but football it's, might not happen. It's golf so. and soccer right now. 
Yeah, get, Tom's get, got systems. I was gonna say get Fornelli systems and Tom's got uh, systems. We got draws. <laughs> oh god. Oh, what a great time to sign off. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, Robbie, for being here. And we'll be back with more uh, Hawks content probably later in the week, either draft or otherwise. So stay tuned for all of that. <laughs>